Welcome back to The Der Show. Since the last time I spoke to you, um, more people have been shot, more Americans, uh, in a three-day weekend, basically, than usually a shot in countries during an entire year, many countries. Um, many countries just don't have these kinds of shootings. Now, we're not the only country. New Zealand had a mass killing. Uh, obviously, Norway had a mass killing. Uh, in Israel, there are shootings uh, all the time by, by terrorists. But there's something very special uh, about uh, America, and it's not good. Uh, these mass shootings are, are made possible by the easy availability of not only guns, but semi-automatic AR-15s and military-type weapons. And, and so the killings this weekend in, in, in Buffalo and Laguna Beach and Milwaukee after following the Celtics uh, a basketball game, uh, they really raise a fundamental constitutional question. What rights do the states have, do the states have to regulate gun ownership? And I have to point out the irony, and of course all of you will say there are differences, and there are differences. But the same basic group that says abortion should be back in the states, the states should have the right to regulate, they should decide one trimester, two trimester, rights of people who have been raped or subject incest, all up to the states. The states, the states, they have the power to regulate abortion. You point to the Ninth Amendment and the Tenth Amendment, all the power is not given to uh, the federal government belong to the states, the states, the states, the states. Then these very same people say when it comes to guns, states should have no power whatsoever. None. None. The states can't tell people anything about guns because of the Second Amendment. Tell you about a case. Okay. California passed a statute perfectly reasonable statute saying that below the age of 21, below the age of 21, a person cannot own a semi-automatic military weapon, essentially. Can own other weapons, but hunting guns, uh, other kinds of things, pistols in some ways, but not, um, not semi-automatics. Perfectly reasonable. If I were a legislator, of course I'd vote for it. Um, adolescents between 18 and 21 are often irresponsible, immature, uh, undeveloped. Uh, people make excuses for them when they commit uh, crimes. Um, oh, they're only 18, they're only 19. You know, so California said you got to be 21 to own an AR-15. Perfectly, perfectly reasonable. Of course, the gun lobby filed the lawsuit against the statute, claiming the Second Amendment doesn't allow the state of California to tell 18-year-olds that they can't have of guns. And uh, the federal district court judge agreed with them, saying perfectly reasonable regulation. The Second Amendment doesn't give you an absolute right to have guns. Mentally ill people can't have guns. 13-year-olds can't have guns. People with criminal records uh, can't have guns. Moreover, you can't have cannons and you can't have uh, machine guns, you can't have nuclear weapons, so, you know, there's some play at the joints here. Federal District Court said, give deference to the state legislature on this. They know California. 
they know Laguna Beach, they know Los Angeles, they know San Francisco. They're better able to make decisions about this at the local level than uh, at the national level or in the Supreme Court. And so a federal district court upheld the statute as generally courts should do. You should generally allow legislation to be upheld. But the United States Court of Appeals in the Ninth Circuit in a two-to-one decision, two judges appointed by Trump, the one judge who dissented appointed by, I think it was Clinton, um, said no, no. The state of California has no power to tell an 18 and 19-year-old that he can't have a semi-automatic gun. Um, So that the gun bought by the killer, accused killer, we have to presume him innocent, the accused killer in, in Buffalo, New York, who had a, a racist screed in which he talked about replacement theory and how the, the blacks and the Latinos and the Jews are, are going to replace the real Americans, namely white Americans. Um, the state of California, the state of New York, couldn't have stopped this thug from buying a gun. The guy who killed these people, 10 innocent people on the way to their kid's three-year-old birthday party. These these people were killed by somebody who should never have had access to an automatic or semi-automatic weapon. And by the way, you know that semi-automatic weapons can fairly easily be converted to automatic uh, weapons. Uh, And you might ask yourself, what the framers would have thought of giving 18-year-olds automatic or semi-automatic weapons. Remember that the framers were thinking about one-shot muskets. Um, they weren't thinking about machine guns, submachine guns, automatic, semi-automatic. They weren't. Can you imagine if the state of Rhode Island decided that 18-year-olds should have access to cannons? Of course they would have prohibited it. Uh, when you say arms, it means certain kinds of arms. It doesn't necessarily mean military arms. The ads for this particular gun um, said it's good enough for the professionals, it's good enough for you. The gun was a professional gun, a gun made for the armed forces and for police, not made for individual kids 18 years old. Um, and, 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 and so you know, the Second Amendment, as currently interpreted by many judges and perhaps by a majority of justices, as a case now pending, in front of the Supreme Court, essentially places no or little restriction uh, on gun ownership and disempowers the state from making local decisions, from saying, not only the state, the city, it disempowers the city of Buffalo from saying, look, we have a racially divided city, there's been some tensions here, Um, We just don't want 18-year-olds to have automatic weapons. Uh, And normally, you'd think conservatives would say, leave it to the states, but not when it comes to guns, because conservatives like guns, um, and they like abortions uh, to be denied. Uh, And so you have a completely different approach. We'll talk about the Constitutional in a minute, but a a different approach morally, emotionally, and The approach that conservatives take is no regulation by the states of guns, but regulation by the states only of abortion. Only the states should have the power to regulate abortion, but they shouldn't have any power to regulate 
of guns. And of course, the people will come back and answer, the Second Amendment takes that power away from the states, but the Second Amendment doesn't take away from the states the power to regulate abortion. Well, it's an argument, but it's not an entirely persuasive argument because the right to bear arms, as I've said a hundred times on, on this show, is not only not absolute, but it's predicated on a militia. Let me read it again. A well-regulated, well-regulated. They could easily have just said a militia. Why do they say well-regulated? Why not just a militia being necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be in infringed. But it's a well-regulated militia. And the militias were well-regulated. Most of the weapons were kept in a magazine, which you had to have access to as a member of the militia. Sure, 18-year-olds were given muskets, but under the control of older people so that they wouldn't be used to commit ordinary crimes or the kinds of crimes that we've seen uh, uh, recently. Uh, so the Second Amendment is not absolute. It doesn't just say the right of the people. By the way, it doesn't say the right of an individual person. There are some parts of the Constitution which talk about individual people, individuals, um, and, and, and sometimes it talks only about the right of the people. So in both the Second Amendment and the Fourth Amendment, it talks about the right of the people. You can make an argument that's a collective right, but the Supreme Court has said, no, it's an individual right. And I think the Supreme Court is correct about that, because the Fourth Amendment also says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, in their persons. I think the, the current uh, grammarians um, would approve of that, of their persons. If I had written it, I would have written it differently. The right of an individual to be secure in his or her person. But there, even back then, was used uh, collectively. It wasn't used in the way it's used today with gender, but it was used collectively. So it's also a collective uh, a, a right. But there is no reference to abortion in the Constitution. Of course not. <laughs> There's no reference to a lot of things that, that Congress regulates in the Constitution, uh, like airplanes and uh, uh, trucks and buses uh, uh, and, and many, many other things. But there is a reference in the Constitution to the right of the people to be secure in their persons. And it's a perfectly reasonable interpretation of the right of the people to be secure in their persons to say that a woman has at least some right to decide what to do with their persons if they become pregnant by rape, by incest, uh, by accident. Um, yeah, it's their person. Now, of course, as I said over and over again, it's different because abortion involves a fetus. It involves something other than just the person. But so do guns. We're not talking about the right to have a gun to commit suicide. We're talking about the right to have a gun to shoot others. So there is an analogy in some ways to abortion. Uh, there are countervailing considerations. Again, not like gay rights, not like interracial marriage. Nobody's damn business who you marry or who you have sex with. Nobody's business. And every real conservative should agree with that. 
that it's no one's business. John Stuart Mill would say, it's no one's business who you marry or who you have sex with. But he would also say, it is the business of government to regulate guns. Because although guns are used a lot to commit suicide, Mill doesn't care about that. What Mill cares about is guns being used to kill and hurt other people in Buffalo didn't commit suicide. The people in Laguna Beach, the people in Milwaukee, they didn't commit suicide. They were shot by guns in the hands of people who shouldn't have had guns. And it's, of course, the role of the government to stop that from happening as much as possible. And so, yeah, there is an analogy between the right of gun ownership and the right to have an abortion. Is it a perfect analogy? There's no such thing as a perfect analogy. But for constitutional analysis, they're both issues relating to the Bill of Rights, the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, and then, of course, we always get to the two favorite amendments of, of conservatives, uh, the Ninth and the Tenth Amendment. Ninth, the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights, like the right of security, uh, shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. It doesn't say by the states. It says by the people. So the people, a woman, has a right to have an abortion, even though abortion is not mentioned in the Constitution. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights, like the right to an abortion, shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. It doesn't say by the states. It could have said by the states. How do I know it could have said by the states? Because it says that in the next amendment, the Tenth Amendment. The power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited it to the states, are reserved to the states, the states, respectively, or to the people. So the framers knew how to write people. They knew how to write states. And they decided when it came to unenumerated rights not to give them to the states because that would ultimately deny them to the people, but to give them to the people. And people, certainly as construed today, certainly after the amendment giving suffrage to women, people include women, include pregnant women. Now, do people include the fetus? No, people don't include the fetus because the states have the power to order the killing of fetuses. It's called abortion. You can call it killing of fetuses. But almost everybody, certainly everybody on the Supreme Court, certainly everybody in Alito's five to four decision, think the states have the power to allow abortion. If the states have the power to allow abortion, then people don't include fetuses. They only include live human beings, like the woman who's pregnant. So I challenge you out there, I know many of my listeners believe the states have no power over gun control, none at all, and they have all the power, all the power over abortion. Meet that argument. Write to me. Tell me why I'm wrong that there is a close analogy between the unenumerated right to have an abortion, unenumerated except for the fact that the Fourth Amendment does say the right of the people to be secure in their persons, persons, 
against unreasonable searches, et cetera, et cetera. It gives you that right, but abortion is unenumerated. Why that doesn't get included in unenumerated rights? And then explain to me how the right to have a semi-automatic, easily convertible to an automatic mass killing machine used by the army and used by the police, the Second Amendment gives an 18-year-old the constitutional right to have, bear, and presumably use that gun. Obviously, the Constitution doesn't give him the right to kill, but it gives him the right, if you have it, to bear it and to hold it and to own it, to shoot it, to shoot it only appropriately, but to shoot it. So what, what is, what's the constitutional argument the, the other way? That's my, my challenge to you. And I have another challenge. It's, it's more of a policy challenge than it is a constitutional challenge. Don't you agree with me that there are too many guns in America? We're more guns than people in America. More guns than people in America. America loves guns. I can understand it. The Western tradition, the tradition of, you know, the wilderness. Uh, we needed guns to protect uh, families. You needed guns for, for hunting, but not, not automatic weapons. Uh, there are too many such guns around, and we have to figure out a way of limiting the availability of guns in two ways, the people who get them and the type of guns they get. And I believe both of those are consistent with not only the spirit but the letter of the Second Amendment. So I'm for gun control. I'm for limitation on who can get any kind of a gun, the mentally ill, not the immature, not people who have had a history of uh, violence or, or hate crimes or anything of, of that kind. I believe in uh, registration, certainly at least as much registration as you have to do to drive a car, another lethal weapon, uh, not protected by the Constitution, to be sure, because there were no cars. Um, so I do believe that there is a right to, to control the people who get the guns. And I believe there is a right to control anybody getting certain kinds of guns. I do not believe the Constitution of the United States gives any individual citizen the right to have a semi-automatic or automatic weapon. I think the most it gives you is the right to have a weapon necessary for self-defense or for shooting. And if you're going to be a sportsman, you're not going to bring a submachine gun to shoot a deer. Uh, and so, uh, yes. I think there are reasonable restrictions that are permissible on the Second Amendment and reasonable restrictions on abortion. I'm not an absolutist on abortion. I don't believe that in the ninth month, eighth and a half month, that the, the, the carrying mother has an unlimited, untrammeled uh, right to kill what is very close to being a live, uh, a live human being. You know, it's interesting because of the Talmud, the Jewish law, permits uh, abortion until the head of the fetus can be seen. You know, that's a, a fairly extreme uh, a view, but it's permitted by one of the major religions of the, of the world. And, um, you know, Christian views on abortion vary. Uh, obviously, the Catholic view is very different from uh, the views of some of the more liberal uh, Protestant branches, and I, I'm just not sure what other religions have to say, though that's not relevant to constitutional analysis. So what I think I need in, 
in this discussion, what we all need in this discussion is nuance, is calibration, is uh, not one-sided debates, uh, no cliches about a woman's choice to do what she wants to her body. It's not your body once you're pregnant. It's a body that you share with something else. Um, my view is that the something else is different after eight months than it is after eight minutes. Uh, but there's something else. It's not just your choice. Gay rights is your choice. Interracial sex and marriage is your choice. And it's very different. And the right to life, people, the same cliches, right to life. What about the mother's life? What about the mother's health? Uh, that's not the way we're going to resolve this. And we're not going to resolve this by pickets in front of Justice Alito's home. Uh, don't do that. It's not right. You may have a constitutional right to picket in front of a justice's home. Uh, people disagree about that. I myself come down on the side of there is such a constitutional right as long as it's subject to a reasonable place, time, and manner restrictions. I wouldn't do it. I condemn those who do it, but I would defend their rights to do it. So that's my constitutional analysis of gun control and of uh, abortion and of the right to protest, either, either abortion. By the way, whatever the rules are about protest have to be content neutral. The same rule has to be applicable to pro-abortion as anti-abortion demonstrators. You can't have different rules for different uh, political goals. The First Amendment doesn't recognize the fairness of an idea. Oh, before I go to the questions, and there's some good ones today, I want to tell you about Anthem Software. Uh, and uh, if you own a small business and need help growing it, then AnthemSoftware.com is your one-stop solution. Anthem Software helps small businesses all over America find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. But providing world-class CRM software and results-focused marketing services will help your business not only grow but dominate in this highly competitive modern world. That's AnthemSoftware.com. Every business has a song. Let AnthemSoftware.com help you sing yours. Visit AnthemSoftware.com to schedule you a free demo of this amazing solution. So well, let's... That's a good question. Oh, my son Elon, the producer, has a good question. What is it? Professor Dershowitz, you know a lot about Israel, right? So uh, tell us, how many guns uh, uh, and military-grade assault weapons are in the hands of Israeli citizens at any given time? Uh, how, uh, now uh, tell, me why, uh, tell me why we don't hear uh, about mass shooting incidents. Um, and, uh, I, if we... Uh, See uh, that we see here. Uh, don't don't you think that uh, you are missing something? No, I'm not missing anything. I've been to Israel many times, and I've seen uh, 18 and 19 year old, what look like girls, they're young women, carrying submachine guns and and assault weapons. They're in the army. They're in the army. Uh, if you're in the army, you not only have a right, but you have an obligation to carry your weapons. There have been very, 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 very few 
uh, misuses of military weapons, because that's a well-regulated army. People know there's a concept in Israel called the holiness of arms, the holiness of arms. When you have a weapon, it is holy. You can only use it for a sacred purpose, to save lives, to protect the community, and that's why Israel's had very, very little problem. In fact, it's very hard for a non-military person to get a gun. Recently, the Prime Minister of Israel, because of the terrorist attacks that have plagued Israel, many, many people have been murdered in the last few weeks, have urged citizens who live in neighborhoods that are vulnerable to seek licenses to have guns. But it's hard to get them. You have to prove that you're able to handle a gun. Most of the guns that are applied for are applied for by former military officers, and there's very little gun violence in Israel. Indeed, most of the gun violence in Israel is as the result of illegal weapons carried by Palestinian terrorists, uh, and that is not permitted by the law, but lawful weapons in Israel are well regulated. That's why Israel has fewer shootings in a year than the United States has in a bad weekend. So I think we can learn a lot from uh, Israel. Uh, if you're going to have guns, well-regulated guns, militia guns, guns with uh, Tzahal, the Israeli Defense Forces, the, I the IDF. Yeah, that's necessary. Look, we all wish the day, the day will come sooner rather than later where no Israeli needs to have a gun, where Israel can give up its nuclear uh, ambitions. But right now, Israel is surrounded by enemies, afflicted with terrorism, threatened with nuclear annihilation, and considering all that has an extraordinarily low level of uh, gun violence. Um, and um, as I say, much of that gun violence is illegal guns smuggled uh, by Hezbollah and Hamas uh, to terrorists to do what was done uh, recently in several cities in Israel, murder innocent uh, civilians in their homes and with, with their families. So guns, I'm not against guns. I'm only against guns in the hands of people who shouldn't have the kind of gun that they have. But thank you, Elon. That's a, a, really, good, a really good question. Let's turn to a couple of others. Uh, sorry, Alan, I must disagree with your denial of natural rights. Your vehemence of that denial reels your agnosticism. Hey, guilty! Guilty! I'm an agnostic about everything. I'm an agnostic about science. I'm an agnostic about law. I'm an agnostic about religion. I'm an agnostic about anything. I'm a thinking person. I don't listen to a higher authority. I think for myself, yes, I am agnostic about everything. I'm even agnostic about agnosticism. So there, fault me for that. That's who I've been all my life. Um, I also disagree with your diminution of the Declaration of Independence as a moral construct. I believe our creator is the authority for the Declaration of Independence and in turn the authority for the Constitution. So you're saying that the United States is a theocracy that the basis for the United States of America is belief in God. What about the millions of Americans who don't believe in God or agnostic? Um, and that's an increasing number of people. 
one of the largest congregations on the Harvard campus, and I'm not using Harvard as an example of anything. I'm pretty mad at Harvard these days for a lot of things, but uh, one of the largest, most growing congregations is called the Humanist Congregation. That is people who don't believe in God, uh, but want to celebrate uh, humanism. Look, natural law is a fraud. There's nothing natural. God does not speak with one voice. When slavery was permitted, was it the voice of God? Slavery is permitted in the Bible. Uh, when homosexuality was forbidden, when witches were um, uh, drowned, was that the voice of God? Uh, if there is a God, he doesn't speak to us with one voice. He doesn't tell us what the natural law uh, is. You know, we accept the Ten Commandments. Obey your, your, your parents, don't murder. Um, but we don't obey all of them. Thou shalt not make unto you a graven image of anything that is on earth or is in the heaven above or below. Really? Have you ever been to a Catholic church? It's filled with graven images. Um, and so we pick and choose what we want in the, in the, in the Bible. Um, you know, one of the most serious prohibitions in the Bible, one of the most serious is to mix linen and wool together. That really was very, very serious. Has anybody ever, uh, anybody ever thought about that? Uh, the Bible is filled with animal sacrifices. Has anybody thought of that? Uh, law is a human experience. The Declaration of Independence was the hope for human equality. Yes, it invoked our creator because that's all there was to invoke. You couldn't invoke the law. It was a treasonous document, but when it came to writing the Constitution, they forgot about God, the godless Constitution. Separation of powers is not ordained by God. The First Amendment is not ordained uh, by God. In fact, God doesn't like the First Amendment because God says, do not take my name in vain. First Amendment says, take God's name in vain. You can say, God damn it, all you want under the First Amendment, but you can't say it under the Second Commandment. So uh, the case for natural law is a made-up law. It's just made up. And it's completely undemocratic because if it's natural, then you can't vote against it. Then a majority doesn't rule. You got to look to nature. What is nature? Nature is a lion eating a gazelle. Uh, nature may be somebody taking the, 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 the thorn out of the lion's uh, paw. Uh, nature is neutral. Um, the naturalistic fallacy is correct. Uh, you cannot derive an ought from an am. Uh, nature is. And we decide to be better than nature. Uh, it may be man's nature to do terrible things to women. Uh, that certainly throughout history has been nature. Uh, and yet we reject that. We say, no, no, I don't care if it's natural. Men must behave toward women as equals. Men must treat women as absolute equals, no matter what nature may say about it. And nature doesn't say anything about it, but people who interpret nature interpret it to say certain things uh, about it. So I'll stick with this. Natural law is a fraud. It's a phony. I have never read a good defense of natural law. Oh, a lot of brilliant philosophers have written about natural law, and they've written intelligently about natural law, utterly unconvincing, because nobody understands its source. Where does it come from? It doesn't come from nature. God doesn't speak with one voice. 
natural law is different under Islamic law, Jewish law, Christian law, different in Catholic law and Protestant law. If nature had law, we would all know it and we would all obey it. There is, there are laws of nature. People die. That's a law of nature. People die. But that's a scientific law of nature. There are scientific laws of nature. E equals mc squared is a scientific law of nature. But there's no comparable equation for morality. There's no comparable equation for equality. There's no comparable equation for anything that has to do with law, the way we understand it, as distinguished from law describing a scientific reality. So we'll keep discussing this subject. I know it really pisses you off when I say there's no such thing as natural law, that we don't get law from God, we don't get law from religion, we make it up. That's what's so challenging about it. That's what I love about being a lawyer. I'm part of a process of developing and making law up in order to serve the interests of humankind. I'm part of the process of understanding that rights come from wrongs, that when we understand the wrongs of slavery, of segregation, of miscegenation, uh, or banning miscegenation, of, um, of uh, uh, discriminating against women, of discriminating against gay people, when we understand those wrongs, that's when we create rights. We get the credit for that and the blame when we do it wrong. When Hitler did it, it was wrong. When the Supreme Court recognizes an important right, it's right. How do we judge it? By human judgment. If you believe in God, if you believe in heaven, then when you come to the pearly gates, you'll be rewarded for what you've done here on earth. And that's something that you are free to believe. And if you want to run your life based on, on that belief, that's fine. But even the great Jewish philosopher Maimonides said, never do anything in the expectation that God will reward you. That makes religion into a betting parlor, into a cost-benefit analysis. Do it because it's right. Do it because you believe in it. Do it because human experience has said it's the right way to go. So that's my sermon for the day. See you tomorrow. On holiday, there's nothing like doing nothing. As an Expedia member, you can save up to 30% when you add a hotel to your flight so you can go out there with great ambition to do absolutely nothing for less. Expedia. Made to travel.